Section 19 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernau. Section 19. Greece. The history of the country has been so unfortunate and political conditions so unsettled that only lately efforts at improvement in economic conditions could hope to receive attention. For centuries after Greece had become a Roman province, 146 BC, it changed rulers, Romans, Byzantines, Franks, Venetians following each other, until, between 1460 and 1473, it came under the Turkish yoke. As a result of an insurrection started in 1821, freedom, but no settled order as yet, was attained in 1829, through the assistance of Great Britain, France, and Russia and the elected kings otho of bavaria alfred of england and george of denmark successively tried to secure social order and efficient constitutional government by the time this new era had arrived there was probably little valuable forest worthy of the name left except in the inaccessible mountain districts one forest conditions although certain districts like attica were already practically denuded in plato's time there is little doubt that originally the whole of Greece, with small exceptions, was a continuous forest. The destruction of the forest, protected by thousands of gods and nymphs in holy groves, proceeded slowly under the regime of the ancient Greeks, until the fanaticism of the Christian religion led to a war against these pagan strongholds, and the holy groves were reduced by axe and fire. Turkish misrule for centuries, overtaxation, reckless cutting, extensive herding of goats and sheep, and fires, have reduced the forest area until now it occupies only 12 or 14 per cent of the land area, 25,000 square miles. In 1854, a survey developed about 2 million acres of woodlands, probably an excessive figure, for the now 2.5 million people, while 67% of the surface is a useless waste, and only 20% under cultivation, so that the general aspect of the country is desolate. The many islands are entirely deforested, and so are the seashores, where in olden times dense shady poplars stood, now only infertile sand and dreary rock waste remain. The forest in northern and middle Greece is confined to the two rugged mountain ranges, with numerous spurs which run parallel north and south with Mount Olympus, nearly 9,000 feet, and Mount Pindus, 6,000 feet, the highest elevations. The large fertile plains of Thessaly and Boeotia are forestless. So is the large Arcadian plateau of the Peloponnesus, and the other smaller, hot but fertile plains and plateaus. The most valuable conifer forest is found on the higher ranges between the 2,500 and 5,000 foot level, below the snow-clad mountain tops, where especially two species of fir, Abies apollinis, and Abies reginae amelae, a species remarkable for its sprouting habit, with other firs and several species of Juniperus and Supressus, form sometimes extensive forests. Other common trees are chestnut, sycamore, several species of oak and poplar, and on the coast, Pinus halepensis. The firs occupy about 35% of the forest area, oaks and deciduous forest 45%. Among the forest products which are exported, we find Gauls, Vermilion, and Sumac prominent. It is believed that Greece in ancient times was more fertile than it is now, and that the deterioration is due to deforestation. Undoubtedly, soil conditions favoured such deterioration, for, with the exception of the Pindus range, which is composed of metamorphic rock, 
the poor dry limestone is characteristic of the country except where fertile alluvial and alluvial deposits cover it in valleys along the coast the climate is however so favourable that even the poor soil would readily reclothe itself if left alone the winters are short hardly three months and with hardly any snow or ice except on the high mountains making the vegetative period nine months and with temperature ranges from twenty to one hundred and six degrees fahrenheit rainfall average four hundred millimetres the summers to be sure rainless and dry but the other seasons humid somewhat less than in middle europe rapid growth is the result of these conditions but the continued pasturing of goats and sheep some six million prevents any natural reforestation increased taxation on this industry has had no effect and the practice of permitting the people to gather dry wood for fuel is an incentive for making dry wood by setting fires which also serve to improve the pasture perhaps nowhere are forest fires more frequent in spite of heavy penalties that a baneful influence on the water condition and river flow has been the result is historically demonstrated by chloros in the mountains some fine and quite extensive bodies of fir still exist lack of transportation having preserved them elsewhere the rights of user and the herding of goats are so well established that reforms appear indeed difficult firewood three loads for each person supposed to be taken from the dead or otherwise useless trees and a small dimension material is free to all for the right to cut workwood the government charges a tax of twenty five to thirty per cent of the value of the material the price for this being annually determined on the material cut in private forests the government also levies a tax of from twelve to eighteen per cent of its value this pernicious system of promiscuous cutting leads to the most wasteful use imaginable not only high stumps but large amounts of good material are left in the woods so that it is estimated that hardly fifty per cent of what is cut is really utilised the cut as far as the tax gives a clue to it amounts to around two point seven million cubic feet workwood but with the firewood included it was estimated that near ninety million cubic feet are cut annually importation to the amount of one point five million dollars mostly from austria and romania make up the deficit in work material especially for the box factories which manufacture the packages for the large export of currants some two million boxes the tax during the decade from eighteen sixty two to eighteen seventy one produced an annual income of six hundred thousand dollars a little less in eighteen ninety five the forest has been from olden times and is now almost entirely state property some eighty or ninety per cent and in nearly all the remaining private communal and cloister property the state has a partial ownership or supervision the wasteland of probably three million acres extent also belongs to the state the whole state property covering over thirty per cent of the land area two development of forest policies a first definite attempt to regulate matters was made by otho who being a german took a personal interest in this forest property and instituted for each province forest inspectors de chassis under one chief inspector with forest guards to prevent devastation by fire and theft the mistake was made of employing in these positions superannuated Bavarian army officers, who were merely a burden on the treasury. No management or even regular fellings were attempted. The population could, as before, supply its need upon permits, always granted, from the governor of the province, one of the forest guards being supposed to advise these, and to see that the wood was properly employed, not, however, to supervise the cutting. In 1877, further legislation was had instituting in the ministry of finance a forest inspector technically trained with two assistant inspectors also technically trained to superintend the outside work 
A forest survey was begun in 1879, but interrupted in 1888 for lack of funds and personnel. The same law placed the duty of guarding the state property in the hands of the general police or gendarmerie, 50 officers and some 340 guards, and during the fire danger, June to October, 110 more, being detailed for this service under direction of the Minister of War. The pernicious permit system, however, was continued. Dr. Kloros, who obtained his education in Germany, became finally forest director and was responsible for securing further legislation in 1888, the object of which was, as a first step towards improvement, to survey and delimit and round off the state property. It provided that enclaves and all absolute forest soil was to be expropriated. If no amicable agreement with the owner could be reached, the price was to be determined by the net yield which had been obtained from the property during the last five years, capitalised at 5%. No attempts, however, at an efficient organisation of change of the destructive permit system were made. By general law, the state has the right to surveillance of private property, although the extent of this right is not fully defined. The government may take for its own use, by paying for it, upwards of one-sixth of the annual cut. It collects a tax of 12 to 18% for all woodwork cut. It forbids the pasturing of woods that have been burned within 10 years, and obliges all owners of over 1,200 acres to employ forest guards. This, and other interference with property rights, naturally acts as deterrent to private forest management. A notable exception is the small private royal forest property near Athens, which, since 1872 under a Danish forester, appears to have been managed under forestry principles. A thorough reorganisation of the forest service was effected in 1893, when 20 district foresters were employed, the number of forest inspectors was increased to four, and a regular division of forestry was instituted in the finance department. The general police, or gendarmerie, were continued as forest guards. Until the native personnel could be educated by sending young men to Germany, foreigners were to be employed for the making of working plans. Yet, in 1896, the then director of the forest department, a lawyer, still complains of the absence of a proper organisation and of any personnel with forestry knowledge. Apparently no progress had been made. In that year, however, the gendarmerie was to be replaced by forest guards, 52 superior and 298 subaltern who were to be appointed from graduates of a special secondary school, which had been instituted at Vitina some two years before. This replacement could, of course, not be effected at once, since hardly more than 25 men could be graduated annually. Hence, even this improvement in the lower-class police would not be completed for six or eight years. No steps had been taken to educate officers for the higher grades, and in this direction propositions merely were discussed. In 1899, a change in the permit system was made, but hardly for the better, justices of the peace being empowered under certain conditions to issue such permits. Nor do we find in 1901 anything more than expressions of good wishes and desire for further legislation, besides some attempts at popular education through the formation of tree-planting associations under the patronage of the Crown Princess. In 1905, no change in conditions are reported. Forest fires still continue as a common occurrence. While the government makes efforts to improve conditions, the indifference, stupidity, cupidity and malevolence of the people and the long-established abuses prevent rapid progress at reform. End of section 19